Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Welcome to Burnout to Bless. I'm so excited for today. And why, you might ask? Because we have Priscilla Stefan with us. So she is our guest today. She's an intuitive business strategist. And a little bit more about Priscilla. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur on Fire, and many more. And the cool thing, everyone, is that she has a new book coming out on February 25th called The Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide, Amplify Your Message, Visibility, and Profits by Leveraging Your Archetype. Now, super excited because we're going to dive into all of that into today's discussion with Priscilla. But before we do that, I want to introduce Priscilla and I want you to get to know her a little bit better. She is originally from Brazil. How cool. And now San Diego is her home base. She works with leaders from a wide range of industries who have one thing in common. They have the desire to create a global impact and live a life of purpose without sacrificing their time, relationships, or well-being. So amazing. That's what we all want, right? Now, we're going to check out Priscilla's new book and how to work with her in the show notes. So please go check out those show notes. It has all of Priscilla's information, which we will recap at the end. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's discussion of how to leverage your strengths to grow a soulful business. Welcome, Priscilla. Yay. Hi. Thank you. That was such a great introduction. Hi to everyone who is listening today. Well, I'm so excited to dive in because you have this new amazing book coming out. And I can't wait to read it. And you've developed this body of work called the So Fluent Leadership Archetypes that helps people lead in a more conscious way. Can you share more about that? Yes, absolutely. Six years ago, I um, was asked by my own spiritual guides um, to uh, kind of channel this um, a small little book that became a big book and that became a body of work. <laughs> they didn't quite give me all the facts ahead of time, uh, oh, probably because wow. I wouldn't have said yes. Um, <laughs> and it's really the soul. I know the soul fluent leadership archetype is archetypes. There are five archetypes, and we can certainly talk about those. Really help you understand how you are on a soul level designed to lead. And that means that you have natural, innate strengths and talents and gifts and ways of making a difference in the world. 
that once you acknowledge and learn how to access, then you can apply it in however way you feel most joyful doing. Leadership is defined as contribution. Contribution means adding value. And guess what, right, Tara? We're all adding value as mothers, as friends, as coworkers, as a stranger that opens the door <laughs> to a fellow human, um, entrepreneurs, CEOs. Uh, it doesn't really matter the title. It is that reaffirmation, uh, kind of reclaiming of that we do have brilliance. We do have gifts. On a soul level, we, they're kind of our innate operating system. They're built in. And so once we can acknowledge them, then in the, in the Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide in the book, I show you how to apply your innate gifts and talents in six areas of business. I also show you 15 different kinds of businesses that are growing through their archetypes. And so it helps you, you know, what I've heard is people say, gosh, I feel so seen and heard. I feel like I don't have to keep fighting against myself anymore. I feel like I have permission to do things my way kind of a thing. And I think that this is a really great space. And while there are so many different kinds of archetypes and personality tests, this is yet one other uh, way to help you acknowledge your brilliance and looking at it from the lens of your soul. I love that. And I can't wait to dive into the five different leadership archetypes, but how is the soul fluent leadership different from traditional leadership? Promise of soul fluent leadership and the invitation really is that we are, we are using our innate soul given talent to create a world that works for everyone that creates win, win, wins, right? Where you win as a human, meaning you're not running yourself, you know, burning out, you know, to make a difference or just to make money. Your business and your organization is thriving. Your employees, your team members are thriving, your clients and the planet. Like it's a win-win. Like what kinds of decisions can you be making where there's a ripple effect of win-win-wins, right? Because mm-hmm. right now, so many times there are decisions in business or organizations or systems in place and institutions where it's all for me and too bad for you kind of a thing, right? There's a win-lose or win-lose-lose. Well, what would it right. take for us to show up and lead and create paradigms where we all win, right? Where we don't just make a profit and then just pollute the planet, where we make good money, but our team members are completely exhausted and feeling unappreciated, right? So these are examples of like, yeah, those are not win-wins. And so so fluent leadership is really a way for you to access your soul's language of leadership, which is your archetype, know yourself so well, and then make decisions that will create win-wins where everyone thrives, where there is equality, where there is flow, where there is, it's really going from a me idea to a we mentality, where it's not hierarchical, it's not exclusive, but it is, we're all equals. This is an inclusive way of looking at things, where we feel nourished and expressed, versus boxed in or trapped or, you know, compromising ourselves and our values and what makes us so brilliant because we don't feel like we, it's safe or that people want all of us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love that you've distinguished the kind of the cultural norms that we're used to seeing or we've experienced in our work environment and corporate America and even in the entrepreneurship world of I versus 
the world essentially. And I know from what you're talking about, I love the fact that you've shifted the perspective or the the mindset because I know for me personally, when something's not in alignment, you know, when maybe I'm successful in these areas or people around me suffer, I don't necessarily feel at my best. And there's that tension that kind of goes against your success. So this win-win mentality and this win-win approach, certainly it sounds like it has the ability for you to really reach your true potential. So I'm really excited to dive more into that. How can people discover their soul fluent archetype? Yeah, absolutely. They can take the free quiz on my website at priscillastephan.com forward slash quiz. Three minutes, it's free. There are 12 questions and then you will get your archetype. There are five and I'll I'll mention them. And then if you opt in, you'll get a little PDF that kind of starts to describe what your innate talents are, your dominant motivations to lead, other famous people that are like you, and starts to give you some insight into how to start applying your archetype into your business right away. Uh, And everything I do is pretty and all the archetypes are color coded. So that can be really fun. So there are five archetypes, right? There is the mystic. I'm the mystic. And then I'll give you a quick, you know, one minute on each one. So, but first the five, there's the mystic, the visionary, the strategist, the explorer, and the divine feminine. And I know sometimes we hear these, we're like, I want to be this one. I don't want to be that one, right? They're, 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 they're all great in their own ways. So the mystic is me. Um, and we use intuitive, creative, and healing abilities to elevate consciousness and to create more peace and harmony on the planet. So this can be anything from artists to healers to uh, therapists to doctors to all different kinds of fields that really help us to elevate consciousness on the planet. And so the visionary is uh, the disruptor. We wouldn't be where we are in the world without the visionaries who are out-of-the-box thinkers and strategists, and they're loud and they're bold, and they are polarizing by design because they're here to show us a better way of doing things, a more efficient way of doing things. And they really create completely new frontiers for us. The strategists are amazing. Think of scientists, lawyers, people in finance, people that really uh, work with data and a lot of information. And they have a way to streamline really complex ideas or you know, in essence, crunch really tight numbers and create uh, ways for us to comprehend really difficult concepts or complex ideas into ways that make sense for us. For example, my husband is a strategist in his work. He's a software engineer. You know, they are constantly streamlining so much data so that, you know, people can stay safe. He works with the flight safety. And so it's just one example. Lawyers are examples of this. Let's say finance, scientists, so many. And they're very precise and they um, are very persistent, which I so admire about them. They're also highly intuitive in their own ways. You know, they're really brilliant. I ha- It took me a while. It was through the lens of my husband that I really got to understand the strategist in a way that I hadn't before. Because before I was like, oh, I hate these people. I don't want to be like them. But thank God, you know, because we need them. And then there's the explorers. 
I think of Richard Branson when I think of explorers, because explorers are here to activate our imagination. They're amazing connectors and catalysts. They get us to dream um, and to act on our dreams. And especially they live and lead experientially. So they're the kind that has an idea and then they go out and do it and they fly the plane as they're building the plane kind of thing. They love people, they love to connect, they inspire us and they're just amazing and they make us think out of the box, think of different ways of doing things. Lots of explorers you'll see go on a lot of adventures, they're out in the world a lot, they're connecting with people, they're really big picture thinkers. And then we have the Divine Feminine, which is all about together we rise. And so it's all about community-driven and community-focused uh, ways of building a business. So, for example, one of the people in the book, the South LA Cafe, they even have their slogan, I think it's Coffee, Community, Connection. You know, and it's all about we're here for the community. We are building this cafe with the community we want you involved with us. And so there's very much a sense of collaboration, cooperation, and doing things from a deep space of love for everyone. That, you know, what we do for the one, we certainly do for the all. So that's a little snippet of all five. I love it. And thank you so much for going over those. Now, I'm curious, once you've taken the quiz, and you've figured out which archetype you are, how then can you take that understanding of your archetype and then apply it to your business ultimately to help your business grow? Oh, that's a great question. And I think the answer will is individual to some extent because I'll just preface that first and then I'll try to answer your question Um, because each person is at a different level of their own personal evolution in terms of acknowledging and embracing their their way of doing things, also their phase of business. And uh, so those are some some aspects to it and how open they are to and receptive to the information. That being said, For me, I can speak for myself first. When I acknowledged that I was a mystic, one of the things that it really helped me to do, and this is my hope for everyone, is that it helped me to acknowledge what I already do really well that I wasn't acknowledging, which is that I hold space for people really well. Mystics do this, right? When when people come into our energy, they feel more at peace, they feel more healed, they feel more just better. There's a sense of well-being. And so what that gave me permission to do is that even both in my business, how I structure my offers, how I do my marketing, it's a way of not stuffing too much content in people, but holding space for people to come into their own awareness of themselves and to come up with their own answers instead of stuffing them with too much information and stuff like that. So it gave me permission to really create spaciousness in my paid offers and in my marketing to be just more honest and more share more personal stories because that's how people connect in terms of marketing and social media. Oftentimes with mystics, it gave me permission to not just have one offer, but have a few because most mystics get bored with just one offer. So it can be nice to have a few, like some like to have a retreat, some like to have a membership site. Mystics are incredible teachers. So it can be a great way to have maybe a course or something or a school, you know, that they teach online. And so it just gives you permission, first of all, to 
not try so hard or try to go against what you naturally do well. So let's acknowledge what you do really well and then make sure that how you are running your business supports you with that. Um, in the book, we look at six areas of business and how to apply your archetype. Branding, marketing, manifesting, uh, team building, money and visibility consciousness, and business model. You know, so with team building, you know, acknowledging that for me, really, the people on my team are really detail oriented. They are part therapist, part, you know, gangbuster, amazing strategist. And they just need to sometimes hold me a little energetically, too, um, as in addition to just doing the work. And I want them to be invested in what I do and believe in what I do. And so it's just acknowledging things about like what makes life and business work for me and so it just really can be helpful to see and then for different people different things will ping you know will activate differently but these are just some examples from myself I love it so where do you start you mentioned you know exactly how it can make a huge impact does that kind of start with looking at where you're currently at and how you're currently doing things and giving yourself, like you said, permission to rethink how you do things so that you do it in a way that aligns with your soul. Is that where you start at like looking at your business model or tell me a little bit about what area is the best area to start after you figured out what archetype you are? That is such a great question. And it's, Simple. There are three business levers that are mentioned in the book. And once I start sort of training on the book for people that want to learn to apply it, we're going to look at this. You know, it's really four weeks. We're going to look at your archetype so you understand what makes you brilliant. We're going to look at your kryptonite and your pitfalls and how so you're aware of them and how to find ways to work around them or with them. And then we're going to look at for each of the three weeks, we're going to look at each of the levers, the three business levers. So there's the message the marketing and, and the business model, really, and then the um, money. So message, business model, and money. So the message is your is the heart of your business. It's how you connect and resonate with the world. So how on point with your archetype is your message? You know, are you, if you're a mystic, are you really leading with your intuitive and creative abilities? Or are you kind of tiptoeing around them or being kind of wishy-washy because you're afraid to come out of the spiritual closet, for example. Or if you're a visionary, you know, your message needs to be pretty polarizing and bold. You know, there can be no doubt about what, where you stand and why you are a stand for what you are. So when we look at your message as a visionary, is it polarizing enough? Is it clear and bold enough on where you stand and why that matters for, for your clients and your customers? Then we look at your business model. You know, if you're a visionary, efficiency is really, really important. Oftentimes, automation or even if it's simple processes, so you're more hands off of the business. So we look at where are you now? Where does your visionary archetype support your business right now in getting clearer and operating more efficiently? Because business model is about efficiency with how you're running it, the offers you have, how you're marketing who you have on your team, are they the right people, do you need different ones, do you need fewer ones, and then we look at your money structures, are you, money is the good part, right, so like it's the, um, like who is Donald Duck's 
rich uncle. What was his name? It was uncle something. Anyway, <laughs> well, I just think of gold coins, you know, it's like, this is the yeah. reward for all your efforts. So are you, do you have clear systems to receive money? Where are you uh, disseminating your money? Is your money, is the bank that you use, are the payment structures really aligned energetically to how you want to be paid? Are your payment plans good ones? Do you want to have payment plans? Are you happy with the money you're making or the profit margin? So we look at these things through the lens of your archetype, through the message, the business model, and then the uh, the money structures and systems that are in place right now to receive and disseminate and to pay out expenses as well. And then we look at where you are, where you want to be. We look at through some nuances and suggestions through your archetype that would support you. And there is no boilerplate, right? Because each business, each each person will have slightly uh, will have a customized plan for them. Um, but we will look at, kind of do an audit of what's working, what needs to shift, and how to close the gap through the lens of your archetype and how you need to show up in order to support that deeper alignment um, for your growth energetically, strategically, and in your leadership as well. Is that helpful? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm curious, when you're working with your clients and you're taking them through this process, you mentioned the pitfalls that each mm-hmm. archetype has. When you're starting to work with your clients and you're going over, you know, these are the things that we need to avoid, or this is how we're going to work these pitfalls out, for example, Do you notice currently like where they're at with their business and how they're doing things that some of them are more leaning on their pitfalls than who they truly are on that soul level and and that's limiting their potential? Have you noticed that when you first start working with your clients on where do they fall into that? Sure. I mean, it changes for each person, but you know, I'm sure you've heard this, right? What got you to this level is not what's going to get you to the next level of business or growth or personal evolution. And so what, what they, what I might find is that even if people start to lean on a strength, sometimes even a strength can become a pitfall, right? Especially for the visionary who's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I can do it all They're They, you know, and then they just push and then they just put too much on themselves to the point where they are burning out, where they are resentful, where they are overly overwhelmed, where they are the bottleneck. So just because you can and you're willing to do so much doesn't mean you ought to, right? And so both the strength of the visionary is that they are so passionate and so committed and they can take on so much, but the problem is that the so much becomes a problem, you know? And so that point, the pitfall is to know, you know, where, what is your limit? What is the boundary of too much? Where can we take things off of your plate? Um, And oftentimes there is a deeper underlying fear. You know, it could be fear of perceptions of like, oh, I'm too greedy. I'm, you know, what if I raise my prices and all my clients disappear? What if I pull away from client delivery and then my clients aren't happy? Um, What if I disappoint people? Or there's a fear of being more vulnerable and asking for help, especially if it's a visionary who likes to, you know, it's, it's a tough thing for them to admit to vulnerability. 
And so it's just, it depends. It can be a suite of different fears that will come up. And then we, we work through that. Where did that come from? How can we move through that? Uh, what is a way to examine this fear differently so that, you know, your actions will align with where you want to go versus you staying put in an old energy pattern, which is now a holding pattern because it's keeping you stuck where you are. So it depends, but there usually is a core fear of either being perceived in a certain way, of disappointing others, um, you know, and, and they have to kind of let go and reframe how they see things in order to move forward and create more spaciousness and personal freedom. Definitely. I see this all the time and so much of it is you need help almost uncovering that because it's one of those things that we don't consciously go to, right? I'm asking those powerful questions. So when you're working with your clients, your kind of your baseline is where you're at, right? And then moving into some of those powerful questions to get them unstuck. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And part of the course that will be coming after the book, you know, mid-March through mid-April is really asking those poignant questions that will get people to think. And then, you know, I can work with them individually to see where we, we need to work with this you know, with their business more specifically, you know, with their particular issue. And so just something to just to process really, you know, because fulfillment leadership is so much about you defining what leadership is for yourself. And that means unhooking from old programming and perceptions of what leaders ought to do, look like, sound like, be like, and defining and, and really coming into your own of what kind of a leader are you already from a soul level, which you talked about, which is your archetype? How do you want to show up in your business? What values do you want to really exude and convey in your marketing, in your way of showing up, in the decisions you make? And how do you want to feel when you are in your business? You know, sure, there might be some sucky days, but that aside, are you happy? Does it work for you? Does it, does your business model? meaning the offers you have, the prices you have, how you're running it, does it work for you? Does it give you energy? Does it bring you joy? Does it bring you profit? And I'm all for simplicity over complexity. And I think that knowing yourself, I always say this, when you know yourself better, you lead better. And simple is often better than complicated. Um, but sometimes we need to get to that point first, so giving ourselves permission to do it the way we've always believed it could be, but didn't think we could do it <laughs> that way, you know? Right. Absolutely. Because you're t- really essentially, <laughs> you know, I talk about this too on my podcast and, and with my clients. I think we've just been programmed, you know, from the world's standards and the cultural norms. We almost have these beliefs that this is how things should be. And we think that it's our own belief, but really it's just something, it's just a thought that we have believed and have taken on in our identity. And it's great that you bring people back to figuring out who they are in order to kind of separate 
what the world says that you should do, what the world says, you know, how you should leave and run, run your business and so forth versus who you actually want to be. So I'm very appreciative of your work and I'm glad that you're putting this book out really to help people really figure that out because definitely I think we would all be much happier, right? And, and, and more fulfilled if we just got in touch with who we are, right? Yeah. And that's why when I reached out to you, because I love the name of your podcast, you know, From Burdened Out to Blessed, is I think so much, I mean, there can be so many factors that go into burnout, but one of them certainly is trying to be someone we're not. You know, that's one of them where we feel like we're constantly willing our way to be more, you know, I don't know, detail oriented or a night person or a morning person or a more creative person or whatever, when maybe your talents lie elsewhere. And so the overwhelm, the fatigue, the pushing through, the pushing through, the pushing through some more, the (laughs) overwhelm, the complexity, the, okay, I just got to will my way. I'm like, no, if that's just an old, I really think, you know, I am certainly not a a student of, or an activist, and I'm just barely know anything about the whole concept of the patriarchy and how the system has really oppressed so many. But I think when it comes to women, well, for all of us, but certainly for women, this whole notion that, you know, run, run, run yourself ragged, I think it's just a way to to get us into a spin so that we aren't in our power. Because women, and I think as humans, we are in our power when we're nourished, when we're in flow, when we're not doing all the things all the time, when we ask for help, when we have boundaries. But so much of hustle culture, which has felt very masculine in nature, has been to do all the things that go against us being in our flow and in our full embodied power. And so, no, what does it take for us to be fully in our power? And it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. I don't have children. I can't imagine. I know you have two little ones, you know, and that can be chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does it still mean from you energetically, from your own being to be empowered, to feel nourished, to know that you, you don't have to conform to some external standard that is unrealistic, unhealthy, and unsupportive of your true leadership. And so I want people to Stop that, you know, and I got burned out twice. The second time I was burned out for 18 months. I had to stop everything. I got sick. You know, it was not fun. And so I panicked and I was mortified and terrified when I had to stop. But I had to stop chasing and I had to realize who am I? What are my priorities? What do I need? Because I'm not going back to that hellhole because you can't just will your way out of burnout if you're physically and emotionally and psychologically, you know, empty. So how do I not go there? You know, because there are deeper ingrained beliefs and patterns and habits that are in are in the way. And for me, there was a lot of proving energy. There was a lot of fear energy. And I had to really confront that, which is why in the book, I share about the leadership ascension, leadership ascension journey, which is really where we kind of go through a metamorphosis an identity shift of who we are, what we value, how we're going to show up differently so that, you know, old childhood patterns and habits and ways of doing things, you know, that were that could have been more survival-based can now be transmuted into a more conscious uh, way of doing things, of leading and making a difference and living your life that does not 
take some, suck so much out of you, but that actually is life giving. So here's a question, right? What does it take to run a life giving business? What does it take to have a life that gives me energy and gives me joy? More often, ideally, than not. You know, so that's really the question that I ask myself, you know, what, when am I working? What times of day? What am I doing? What am I not doing? What am I offering? Do I like it? Do I not? You know, and your body is a great barometer. You can see if you feel constricted and tight and heavy, likely not the best option. But if your body feels expanded and excited, even if you're a little scared, but you're like, oh, this sounds like fun. Don't yeah. know how to do it. Don't know if anyone will put that like, oh, that sounds like fun. Like that's where I want you to be versus, oh, God, I guess I should. I must. I ought to do it because that's the way. Well, that's exactly what we're getting away from. The fulfillment way is I don't care what everyone is referencing outside of you. I want you to know what's inside of you and use that as your source of guidance and information first. And then you can apply anything else from other people. But that's a compliment to you. And I think we've had things upside down. Right? We look outside to other people and then we leave our inner knowing out of the game. Um, and then we can feel shitty after that, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, honestly, this shows up in I think so many ways in our life. When I was in human resources, I had the knowledge, I had the education, I had the resources where I could come up with my own content on policy procedure or whatever it may be when, what I was working on, but so much of how, you know, you were brought up through your education, you know, and just the world, I would always go out and do some research. And then I would be hours doing something, you know, going over it and trying to perfect it over and over again. When really all I had to do was look within myself for the answers because they were there the whole time. So I love that you, you know, point that out because that was one major difference for me is when I, you know, decided to go out into coaching, you know, on my own and and leave HR, the difference was night and day. I didn't have to go out and look at content. All, everything was from within and it's so unique and, and cool that you do this because that's where I think the the success trigger is that's the key to success essentially is tapping into who you are. Like just even those little nuances that you were talking about, when are you most creative? When do you need to call it quits? What cues is your body telling you, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, whatever it is, tuning into who you are on all levels just ultimately opens the door. So I love what you do. It's very, very cool. And I'm glad that you have this book coming out to kind of show us the way and how to unlock that. So I want to talk to you. I'm so curious. You talked about how you were burned out and then you you had to sit down and ask yourself some of these questions so that you could get yourself out. How was your life before you started leading from your soul? versus your life now when it comes to, you know, everything, when it comes to your personal life, when it comes to your business, how has that changed for you from before leading from the soul until now that you figured it out and now you're leading from the soul? What does that difference for you look like? 
Thank you. Well, the funny thing is that sometimes getting what you want, actually having your dreams fulfilled can actually be a source of burnout. I don't think if anyone had told me that before, I'd be like, you're kidding me. Because my first kind of dark nights of the soul and some kind of like when I was changing careers and I was single, like it felt like none of the things that I wanted were remotely in the vicinity of happening in my life, you know, single, kind of burned out from 10 years in the environmental field, then awful jobs in between, being fired twice. I mean, there was a lot of awfulness that just happened. But when I moved to San Diego in 2015, just with a suitcase and a dream that I knew that I wanted to be there, and I had a feeling I'd probably meet my person there, which I did. You know, once I met Alex within about three months of, I think, of moving to San Diego, you know, then we moved in together and then we started a life and then we got engaged and then we adopted, you know, got married and then he went through three job changes and then we adopted kittens and then a dog and then we've moved now six times in seven years. And all these things were a lot of life changes. You know, his mom passed away. And so um I found myself amidst this growing my business and wanting to be successful at this point being in it about five or six years I'm into coaching now for 10 and things were stagnating things weren't working and I couldn't understand why I was committed I invested in coaching I did so many of the things but internally I felt broken I was ashamed that I hadn't reached the level of success financially that I wanted. I felt like there was nowhere where else to go. And I had to look at what were the driving energies for me to to grow my business. And one was money, but and the other one was proving. I needed to prove that I was good enough and successful enough and worthy enough. And a lot of that proving energy became very fear-based and very externally referenced and sourced. And so it meant that um, while I love coaching and I love the work I do with the Akashic Records and channeling um, guidance from people's souls to grow their purpose-driven businesses, I wasn't fulfilled. And I was operating from, you know, this business has to be a way to show the world that I matter. And it was a hard pill to swallow to acknowledge the depth of that truth. And I had to ask myself the questions of, do I want to be doing this? If I do this, can I do it from an energy of love and giving and contribution? Am I okay if I don't reach certain markers? You know, and if I do, what is that going to take? Because clearly pushing and proving and scarcity and fear were, you know, kind of like fumes coming out of a car. Like it's just not sustainable. It's just a, a depletion of resources. And that's what self-fluent leadership is about. It's about creating alignment within yourself and with your business. So you actually optimize resources instead of deplete them. And so I had to ask the tough questions, a lot of whys and a lot of hows and a lot of what. And I, and then I also had a complete nerve, kind of little nervous breakdown when I got this body of work because I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to market it or explain it to people. And so that really freaked me out amidst, you know, positive life changes. But in business, I didn't know how to relate to my business. I didn't know how to show up in a way. I just, I was just, there was a clashing, a shutting down, a burning down of everything. And I had to step back and reevaluate as I got my energy back. And so it was a a long 18-month process. And I think it continues to be a daily 
reevaluation, clarification, reprioritizing of what really matters. You know, how am I showing up? Am I doing things in a way that feels genuine and true? Do I still want to do it? I was so attached to this being the way that I showed up in the world, to this being the configuration of my contribution, that this was the only container through which money could come to me. And that level of attachment, I learned this from Tony Robbins, who said, you know, uh, lack of flexibility is one of the greatest causes of stress. And I was not very flexible. Even though flexibility is like my top value. <laughs> like I was like, no, it has to be this way. It has to show up this way because I've got to prove to the world that I can do this. But I had to unhook from the, well, why the hell do I need to prove? What am I trying to prove? And why does it have to look this way? And when I was able to surrender from that and let go, which was not easy, then I was had space and breathing room to think, okay, well, what else is possible? What else can I create from, I have choice. I'm not stuck or trapped in this configuration. And so it just took some, just asking some really honest questions of myself and letting it percolate and then noticing the resistance. And I don't want to, but I got to, or no, I'm not. But, and so it was kind of, it was an unfolding, <laughs> not yeah. pretty, but necessary. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the secret too, is allowing yourself to ask the questions. But it's interesting because my journey in, in the way, you know, things kind of unraveled, I think it was, is, is a, a little bit similar to yours in some, in some respects. And it wasn't until I allowed myself the breathing room to actually sit down and ask those questions. Not only that, like you said, be willing to listen to yourself for the answers, even though we may not like what we have to hear, right? We don't necessarily like the answers that we're getting, but that's really the key to unlocking, you know, what's holding you back and how you can move forward. So I love that you just kind of walked us through that because I think the audience that listens, most of them are in this constant state of busyness. And at the end of the day, we all want to feel that joy. We all want to feel that fulfillment, but we're never going to get there unless we stop for five minutes. And I must say a lot longer than five minutes, but you get what I'm saying in order to to sit there and, and, and ask ourselves those honest, hard questions. So I love that your story is similar to mine in that regards, because I think that at the end of the day, that's really how you figure this out. That's how you're going to figure out when people read your book, what, what archetype are you and how can you really leverage that to your advantage? And you're not going to ever be able to do that unless you give yourself the space to contemplate, to think about it, to ask yourself those questions. That leads me to my next question. I talked about the fulfillment piece, that now you're fulfilled, you're rejuvenated, you're re-energized. Your business and your life looks a lot different now that you're leading from that place. So tell me, what does joy have to do with business, with leadership, and with living your life on purpose. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that joy isn't an afterthought. I think it's a, a key ingredient baked into 
how we design our business and life so that it supports joy, not later, but now. I think with the pandemic in particular, we've all felt the, the, the pinch of, gosh, life is more precious than ever. And so how can there be joy, you know, in your activities and your business and your life and your relationships and also fulfillment? I think it's really important. I, you know, most of us probably heard, you know, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, whatever, they can't be all things to you, right? You need friends, you need hobbies, you mm-hmm. need, you know, go exercise, you need time alone. The same thing goes with business. Where are we putting all the pressure in our business to be all the things for us, to be our partner, our lover, our bank account, um, our divine God being, you know, like it's a lot of pressure to put so much on our business. Either because look at how much how much time you spend on your business. Look, think about how much time you focus on thinking about or worrying about your business or money, and where where can you get fulfillment? Where you're um, in other places? Is there a sense of equilibrium in your life? The same thing, like you know, when I used to do health coaching and uh, coach people through emotional eating, where are you looking to food to give you comfort and love and affection and touch and intimacy that it can't get because food is fuel. It can be pleasurable fuel, but it's not going to give you all those things, you know? And so just looking where we might be putting too much focus on the business, on money, on food, or a partner, or anything, because really fulfillment is sourced from within ourselves. You know, what are we truly seeking? What are we truly wanting to feel? And how can we start giving that to ourselves and then finding healthy, sustainable avenues to get these needs met without putting too much pressure on any one person or any one thing or anyone anything, you know? I love that because, you know, too, I always say when you're on the path to burnout, when you're focusing and you have this extreme focus on one thing and it becomes your whole world, I think too much of anything is going to burn you out. So I love that you talk about making sure that you don't put too much pressure. You don't necessarily put all of your eggs into your your basket for your business only because it is a recipe to be disappointed in other areas to truly listen to yourself and, and what you need so very very good food for thought and I couldn't agree more now I want to ask you one last question and then we're going to get into how people can find you, work with you, how they can find out their archetype. I'm so excited to get into that. But what is one key takeaway that you want the audience to have? What's one first step or key takeaway that you encourage them to, to do and put into practice right away? Well, the first one is to remember that you're brilliant just the way you are. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. No matter how tough the past has been, how lost, successful, how many failures you've had, doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's one of the key things that I think the self-fluent archetypes are here to remind you of. And I'm so proud of that. Um, the second one is to trust yourself. And that can be easier said than done when we feel like we've trusted our instincts in the past or betrayed our instincts and uh, made mistakes that were really hard to come back from. 
or that we haven't fully healed from. But really, you know, at the end of the day, and more often than not, <laughs> our inner knowing, intuition, higher selves, whatever you call it, is here guiding you every step of the way. More often than not, there was a red flag or a gut feeling or something if something was off. And if you decided to go forward anyway, and it was a quote-unquote mistake, I would like to think of it as a learning lesson, then it's an opportunity for you to have compassion for yourself to see how you can make different choices moving forward, but really learning to trust yourself slowly but surely, and that takes baby steps of taking small decisions when, like they compound and they build your confidence and that muscle of trusting yourself and knowing that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you and just staying open to how your contribution want or your purpose, you know, wants to manifest itself. It does not have to come only through a business. Um, it doesn't have to come in any just one way. It can expand. You can be a consultant. You can end up, end up being entrepreneurial in an organization or in a startup or somewhere else or change lanes altogether. That doesn't take away your value. That doesn't take your brilliance. It's just another configuration, a different container, a different opportunity for you to grow and for you to add value to your life and to the world. I love that because I think that so many of us, we know that intuition, we know that peaceful voice in the background, and sometimes it's hard to follow that. And, and really, it's so important. And it's really the foundation of being able to, you know, be at peace and fulfilled and moving forward. So I, I love that you have left us with that food for thought. Very, very insightful, Priscilla. Now, I want to let everyone know where they can find you. And also I want them to be able to take the first step in this process, which is to figure out their archetype, their own personal archetype. So they can then leverage that and utilize that in their personal lives and in their businesses. So tell us a little bit about where to find that and how taking the archetype quiz is going to help them move forward. Absolutely. So you can go to PriscillaStefan.com or PriscillaStefan.com forward slash quiz and you can take the free quiz online. I highly recommend that you opt in because then you'll get your PDF. But really understanding your archetype will give you, will start to illuminate what makes you so brilliant, right? It will give you that confidence to make bolder moves that can shift the trajectory of your business without working harder. It can help you maximize, maximize your profits. While you create a business and a team culture that really supports everyone, it can help you grow your community and lead your movement to create the change that you know is possible, and also to create a legacy that fulfills on your soul's work and that changes lives. Above all, it creates the space and the breathing room for you to do things with a lot more ease and grace and in a more optimized way, because alignment is really the ultimate resource optimization. Absolutely. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to, after this call for me to go check it out and get that PDF because you better bet I'm opting. And I want to know all of the things because I know from experience, you know, you and I do different things, certainly, but the principles and the goals are all the same. So I'm really excited to 
utilize this resource. And I know our audience will as well. So I really appreciate your time here today, Priscilla. It was great having you on. And before we part ways, tell us the best way to find your book and when that's dropping again. Yeah, so the pre-signed print copy of the book, which is all in color, each archetype is color-coded, eight and a half by 11, 222 pages, and there are some free bonuses and gifts you can get at PriscillaStefan.com forward slash book, and um, there's also free shipping through the next couple of weeks. On February 25th, when the book drops, there will also be a Kindle version, February 25th through the 27th only when there's the Amazon bestseller thing. You can go to Amazon or even to my website and go just uh, put Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide and you can download the 99 cent Kindle. It'll be, I think, $9.99 after that. And you can get a copy of the book. The book is a reference guide. It's not, you know, just it's color coded. It's it's all in color. It's really a book that you keep by your desk or by your bedside table and you refer back to it. It keeps you honest with yourself. And it's a, just a great, great way to stay in alignment with your natural way of leading. I love it. I'm so excited to get my copy. And thank you so much for coming on and we'll keep in touch. I appreciate your time today, Priscilla. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. This has been a really, really great interview. I'm so excited. And guys, go take the quiz if this speaks to you. And let's remember how brilliant you already are. Love it, everyone. You all have a great week and we'll see you soon. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.